Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome back to It Could Happen Here, um, a show where things happen and here. people talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yes, in this present location, that's correct. <laughs> Last episode, we spoke about the concept of degrowth and what it means to degrow, how degrowth as a movement came about, what inspired the critique that degrowth pushes and what degrowth means for those of us who live in the global South, how we can go about imagining um, new and different paths to a better life within ecological limits. This episode, we'll continue in that conversation, talking about what is essential for degrowth. As I discussed in the previous episode, degrowth is about striving for a self-determined life and dignity for all. It means an economy and a society that can sustain the natural basis of life, It means reduction of production and consumption in the global north and the liberation 
the one-sided Western paradigm of development so that the global South can explore their own, our own self-determined paths of social organization. Degrowth means an extension of democratic decision-making to allow for real political participation. Degrowth means that social changes organized and oriented towards sufficiency and self-sufficiency and ecological sustainability rather than a pursuit of a line go up, a pursuit of economic growth regardless of its impact on people and planet. And degrowth, of course, advocates for the creation of open, connected, and localized economies. There are several steps that need to be taken in order to achieve uh, a degrowth uh, society, uh, achieve a degrowth world to degrow. Uh, for one, I think that as Jason Hickel um, advocates in his book, Less is More, we absolutely need to put an end to the practice of planned obsolescence whether it be in household appliances, in tools, in furniture, in computers. We need to shift away from this idea of products being produced to break down in a certain timeline and require replacement. Um, I personally have witnessed a lot of older technologies that continue to last to this day before... you because they were invented before this whole practice of planned obsolescence really came about. Yeah, but my family, we have a microwave that is like a decade older than I am, and it still works fine. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and I mean, in my own lifetime, I've had to purchase multiple microwaves, so it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, this is always one of the things that I always thought, like, there was a real sort of, like... This is how you this is how you appeal to conservative people with this is just like, hey, we're going to we're going to we're going to bring back like 1960s microwaves where everything is a dial and it doesn't break ever. (laughs) Yeah, because I think um, I think what's what's missing in the conversation about degrowth is a lot of people like they assume because they reacted negatively that everybody else will, you know, they kind of project their own reaction others but i think political spectrum aside um or political chart or however you want to um map out the unmappable um i think that people generally as i was discussing in the previous episode want a good life and that requires qualitative changes far more than it requires quantitative changes of course there are places where quantitative changes are needed to make certain things accessible um, to that population. Um, But we already overproduce a lot of different things. Um, And a lot of overproduction is completely unnecessary because it is based in planned obsolescence in order to increase profit. And so that needs to, once that is discarded, I think people will have, will, will best be able to access that quality of life because when you look at a lot of the sudden expenses that people have to deal with, um, you know, your fridge suddenly breaking down, your stove suddenly breaking down, uh, your microwave or your toaster suddenly breaking down, and or your washing machine, 
um, I think in this year alone, if I had to fix the washing machine three or four times, um, because it's just, it constantly breaks down. And when instead we can save that, those resources, save that time, save that energy, save that money, um, just produce in quality for the first time, you know, putting an end to those deliberate manufacturing decisions and developing long lasting modular products that can reduce our, you know, material and energy use worldwide. I think in a lot of cases, we don't necessarily need more innovation. You know, I don't think we really need like a, a smart fridge. <laughs> I think we just need a fridge that works for decades without breaking down constantly. Yeah, and like like so much of the stuff that's sort of like nominally is informi- like is supposed to be innovation is just how 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 can we make this product in such a way that we can sell consumer data about you from it? Exactly. It's like we don't need to do that. <laughs> like, we, we can don't. simply not. We can simply not. We can simply not. Exactly. Exactly. And speaking of things that we can simply not. We can simply not assault our senses constantly with advertising because advertising just continues to serve this purpose of generating social divisions, highlighting class divisions, and manipulating people into consuming stuff they don't need. As a card-carrying member of Generation Z, I have not, I do not typically watch much TV. Um, I used to watch TV because I'm the older Gen Z contingent, but with the rise of streaming services, um, which I do not use, um, yo-ho-ho, is what I have to say about that. Um, I have not watched much TV, um, but there are certain reality shows that I enjoy, uh, like The Amazing Race. um, And so... No sense to be shown on TV. Or like, or like Jeopardy. I like to watch Jeopardy. And the constant, deeply unfunny, irritating, annoying, loud, flashy barrage of commercials is quite aggravating. Um, honestly, the golden age of commercials being funny was a long time ago. And now it just hurts. One of the things that and I mentioned that in um in the episode that we had done on the commons, one of the things that I one of the positions I held even before I was an anarchist was my opposition to the advertising industry. To advertising. I can't stand advertising. Everywhere you walk, everywhere you scroll, everything you watch and listen to, it's all trying to sell you something. Um I would love to be able to go outside and not see ads all the time. Um I would love to be able to scroll through the internet without seeing ads all the time. Um, and so getting rid of the advertising industry, getting rid of all these ads that are just, uh, pushing us to consume more and more, um, and are oftentimes just promoting a lot of really harmful societal ideas, you know, um, body image issues and alcoholism and a lot of our worst practices and a lot of really terrible things are being promoted through ads. And so, yeah, tear it down and watch consumerism perish. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. 
Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you think about really the history of the advertising industry and how it came about, as a mass communications student, um, that's something that I would have spent some time looking into. Advertising really came about in response to, you know, this need that people had really, that, 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 that companies had to get people to consume. Because in a lot of cases, you know, people would buy something and a newer model would come out and they would really pay attention to it because, oh, well, I already have the thing. I don't need to get another thing. Um, But, you know, you can't run a profitable business that way. So they basically used advertising to push people to consume more. And so we need to get rid of the advertising industry. Another step we can take towards degrowth is to shift from ownership to usufruct. Um, Usufruct is something that Marie Bookchin, social ecologist, talks a lot about. Um, in his book, The Ecology of Freedom. And it's essentially the freedom of individuals or groups in a community to access and use, but not destroy common resources to supply their needs. Uh, The term usufruct comes from Roman property law, I believe, which would include usus, the right to use. Sorry, unfortunately, I did not take Latin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fructus is just the right to enjoy the fruit of one's property and abusus, which is the right to destroy one's property. So usus, fructus, and abusus. Um, and so usufruct is really the combination of the first two principles, right? To access and use and enjoy the fruit of um, commonly held property without you know the right to destroy it. Um, so that everyone can supply their needs. So instead of, and I mean, two libraries are already a concept that exists around the world. Rather than 100 people in a community, each individually owning an electric drill, um, one person, or rather one library can host or three or four electric drills and effectively serve everyone's need for a drill when they need it. Because unless you're a carpenter or really into arts and crafts, you probably don't need an electric trail all the time. Another thing that would really help in our push towards degrowth would be getting rid of car dependency because the consumption of vehicles, the maintenance of vehicles, the maintenance of the infrastructure that vehicles use, all of those things requires a lot of resources, you know, concrete and oil and gas and metals and rare earth minerals. And rather than forcing everyone to produce those things so we could consume those things, we can instead shift towards a walkable model for our urban environments um, so that people who do need to use vehicles in rural settings, for example, can use them and use them without causing unnecessarily unnecessary harm, contributing to unnecessary harm, superfluous harm on the planet. Um, getting rid of car dependency would also mean that fewer people would need vehicles and the vehicles that we, the few vehicles that we do produce, um, can be shared in common 
to serve needs that cannot be filled by like bikes or, you know, public transportation systems. Another element of degrowth would really be the reduction of our energy material use um, through the transformation of our agriculture systems. It is true that we currently produce enough food for, I believe, 10 billion people. A lot of that food is wasted. Um, a lot of that food doesn't reach people. Um, it's really an issue of allocation and not necessarily production. But at the same time, that production is extremely harmful. Um, it relies on a lot of damaging chemicals. Uh, uh, it relies on the stripping of our topsoils. It relies on the overuse of antibiotics relies on the abuse of animals. Um, the way that we currently feed the world is deeply unequal, extremely inefficient, environmentally degrading, and energy wasting. We cannot continue to treat our farms like factories. We need to find ways to feed ourselves densely and compatibly with the demands of the living world. Scaling down to localized permaculture can help um, regenerative-based agricultural systems, community-supported agriculture, uh, urban gardens, aquaponics, cultured meats, aquacultures, and exploring other more traditional forms of food raising will need to be the route that we take. Uh, already, we are killing our soils. We are running out of the fossil fuels that um, the agricultural industry relies on. And if we continue along this trajectory, we have a big storm coming. Uh, we have probably the greatest famine the planet has ever seen on its way. If we do not aim to build food autonomy, aim to rewild our ecologies, aim to reconfigure our consumption patterns, our food production and consumption patterns to sequester more carbon, to allocate to more people, to produce healthier foods, um, and to really to recover the earth. Another important step we can take in degrowth would be to get rid of or to scale down certain especially destructive industries. There is, of course, agriculture. There's um, the fossil fuels industry, the arms industry, private jet industry, the automobile industry, the airline industries. All of these industries must either be slimmed down or gotten rid of um, because as the pandemic has shown, very few of the jobs that are currently undertaken around the world are truly essential um, to maintaining the bare bones of, of life. And of course, we do need to reconfigure the way that we live, our ways of life, in order to reflect ecological limits. But even with that reconfiguration, I think we know what industries needed and what aren't. Um, I always find it strange, this is, I guess, a, a tangent. I always find it strange that um, politicians are celebrated for bragging about creating new jobs when in reality, I believe, and really the vision was in the 20th century, 
that we would reach a point where fewer and fewer people needed to work and that we needed to work for less time. Um, and so that really is part of the aim of degrowth, reviving that pursuit, reviving that goal, because we have reached the point where we can um, scale on the amount of time each person has to work, scale on the amount of jobs that are necessary. Um, if you've read Bullshit Jobs by David Graeber, you'll see that a lot of particularly service economy jobs uh, practically worthless. Um, and I actually saw a, a kind of funny video talking about how at this point office culture is more of a oh, a religion cult. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, so that going going around making us around on Twitter that was really funny. Um, but yeah, we just move around a bunch of people, move around a bunch of numbers. If you've seen um the show Succession, sorry. Not, not succession, severance. <laughs> if you've seen the show Severance, um, it's it's pretty much like an R slash anti-week type show. Um, and so I think more and more people are coming to the realization that, hey, this kind of sucks. The fact that we have to work this much. So we need to reduce the amount of time we work, um, the type of work we do, we need to change the type of work we do. So it's a quantitative and qualitative shift. Um, and something I spoke about in my video on anti-work or post-work, whatever you want to call it. These changes, these steps to scale down total energy use can be taken by a broad range of organizations, groups, mass movements, popular assemblies, unions, cooperatives, not waiting for the state, but going beyond it. I think we've seen by now, I think if you have not seen by now, you need to open your eyes. The state is not doing enough or in some cases not doing anything at all to respond to these crises and we need to take it into our own hands to do so. Um, I have a, a video in store um, for December that, as one of my patrons joked, might have the alphabet agencies after me. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> There are a lot of different actions that we can take um, to integrate degrowth, to move towards a degrowth society, to degrow our economies. Um, a combination of acts of confrontation and non-cooperation and prefiguration. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. It's you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 
16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In some degrowth challenges the dominant growth imperative it's in the name it is intentionally subversive in its title because it requires us to think about how we can collectively organize the restructuring of our economy and the downscaling of energy and resource use worldwide to transition back into balance with the living world in a safe just and equitable way Degrowth means striving for a self-determined life in dignity and abundance for all. Degrowth would mean liberating ourselves not just from the ways that the growth imperative has shaped our technologies, education. Degrowth would require that we not just liberate ourselves from the ways that the growth imperative has shaped our technologies and institutions, but it demands that we also reconsider our education 
our cultural norms and values, our identities, our mindsets, our relationships. It will be a massive shift, what anarchists call a social revolution. Um, but it's one that is worthwhile. As some degrowth advocates would say, it's degrowth by choice or degrowth by force. Because <laughs> the use of degrowth here is being used slightly differently. Um, degrowth by choice being, like I described, a collectively organized, democratically managed, you know, restructuring of the economy uh, to bring into balance the living world in a safe, just, and equitable way. Um, whereas degrowth by force is more so a combination of austerity and apocalypse. So, up to you. Yeah. All power to, <laughs> all power to the people. So, there, there's a Japanese Marxist named Kohei Saito who's been writing, like, a bunch of stuff recently who basically, like... He, he, he's been, like, probably the biggest voice of degrowth in Japan, and his book, Capital and the Anthropocene, is finally getting translated into English pretty soon. And so, yeah, oh, yeah check, check, that. check that out when it comes out. His stuff is really good, and he, like, basically has revived both Marxism and degrowth in Japan after Marxism's kind of, like, implosion after a bunch of weird... Anyway, we don't need to get into the story of the collapse of the Japanese left, but yeah, that that that's coming soon. <laughs> that's so topic, check that yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that book when it comes out. Yeah, me too. Uh, if you want to check out my videos on this topic and others, just go to youtube.com/andrewism. You can also follow me on Twitter um, while Twitter still exists <laughs> at underscore Saint Drew, and you could. Potentially even support on Patreon. Patreon.com slash St. Drew. That's it. Peace. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts